on Red Dead Radio? He's seen Red Dead Redemption 2 and we're gonna talk about it! Yeah, I did. He's whole lot. I haven't watched him since. Hi friends, welcome to Red Dead Radio, the Red Dead Redemption podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Petty, and as always, we're going straight to the Wild Wild Guest. We're going straight to the Wild Wild Guest. We're going straight to the Wild Wild Guest. Yeah! That was incredibly intense. Really? Yes, good God, man. I'm passionate about video games and guests. Guests Ex- like you, who are you? Hi, I'm John Ryan. You are John Ryan. John Ryan, you are here because you know a whole lot about Red Dead Redemption 2. I do. I do know a whole lot about that cool video game that's coming out in like six months from now. The, even the, is it not five, even that five long. Months from now. Yeah, five, that, five and some change. Okay, so the fact that you're having to estimate right now already means the, that... The real I, issue for me is that it's just not already October the 25th. Is that it? Yeah. That's my real problem. Okay. Um, is that I'm just, I just can't have it now because it's like I've seen it. It's like that moment at the end of Scrooged where he's like, I know what it looks like. I've yeah. seen it and I want it and it can happen to you. But I don't have it yet. I can't, I can't, I can't play it. So it's like it will be mine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. It, it will, will be. be mine. Yes. I'm going to ask you for Red Dead's sake, kind of lean in on this mic a little bit. You got to love right it. Here. You got to love oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can, I can do that. Yeah, you're going to angle it up a little oh, if you no, want. I don't want to do that. You don't want to angle that mic up? That's okay. I, I, I'll just talk normally. You're going to talk normally. I think that's right, fine. Right there. Yeah. Excellent. Gonna, anyways, I wore this fun hat because I had it in my closet, but it's all crushed and sweaty, so I'm going to take it off. You got to wear that on the subway in I uh, did. San Francisco today. I did, yeah. Did you feel like cowboy guy? Um, a little bit, and yeah. then I mostly just felt weird. Um, you know what? I think it's good session. Where'd you get it? Um, I stole it from a friend of mine. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. not a product of... Hope you're not watching that. Sorry, Walker and or Zach. I'm not sure which one of you I stole this from. Walker, Texas Ranger? <laughs> he did also give me a duster. The eyes of the Ranger are upon you. That's very true. That's it. Ranger Trevet, RIP. Missed you, man. Oh, man. Wow. All right, moving <laughs> forward here. So all chicanery aside... We're going to jump straight into Shootout, which is Red Dead Redemption News. Now, we keep saying to people, well, we're going to cover some more next week. We're going to cover some more next week. This is the news episode you've been waiting for because John Ryan, unlike most human beings on this planet. Yeah, that's a weird thing to think about. You've actually seen Red Dead 2 in action with your eyes. That's such a strange thing to think about because it's always just like, you know, you go to preview events and you're just like, oh, well, that's cool. Like, like, you know, oh, it's it's part of the job. Yeah. But in this case, it's like... I've seen things that maybe outside of people who work on the game itself, like outside that company, I think maybe seven other people have seen with their own two eyes. Like, that's crazy to me. It's really exciting. That is six billion other people. And now you're going to convey that in sweet, sweet audio form. In nice, beautiful words. Oh, that sounds nice. You got to lean in like that. So hopping right in, John, you've you've seen the game in action. Uh, yeah. For IGN, you did part of the preview, right? Yeah. So uh, myself and uh, Daniel Krupa and Alex Simmons from the IGN UK team, uh, we all went to Edinburgh in Scotland, which uh, is where the Rockstar North offices are. And we went to uh, get a super, super cool like tour of their studios. It's this awesome, awesome uh, facility where, I mean, they've... It was like being on, like, when people ask you what the future is going to look like, I feel yeah. like that's kind of loosely what it looks like. It looks like Edinburgh? No, no, no. No, no. Edinburgh is old as hell. It, but it specifically looks like the inside of the Rockstar North Studios. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's like, it was, it, like, I walked into it, and it's like this huge open atrium. Anyway, it... it, it Lead into the mic or I'll kill you. Jesus, fine. Um, I felt like I was on... Hugo Drax's bass from Moonraker. Yeah. Like, when I first walked in, I was like, oh, but there was, like, cool rock star art everywhere instead. Okay. Um, 
So anyways, yeah, so we get to go. We uh, got a chance to talk to uh, Rob Nelson, who is the co-head of Rockstar Studio, uh, as well as a bunch of, a bunch of other folks mm-hmm. who are working on the game, uh, like art team, uh, animation designers, AI wow, designers. Wow, got to ask all the uh, questions. We, I mean, we literally ended up having a lengthy, lengthy, lengthy conversation with almost every, like every department. Yeah, it was wow. really really cool. So what were the what was the message they were trying to convey? And then you actually saw the game in action. Yeah, you, you and then on top of that, on top of talking yeah. to everybody about stuff, you know, I we got a chance to see we got a forty five minute demo. Which if you're not familiar with how game previews work, that's crazy long. Yeah, it's um, really exciting. And uh, there's a lot of details about this on IGN.com right now. You can yeah, read through um, it. I'm happy to be here to chat with you. But you should also go to IGN.com, uh, check out the stuff that I put up and that Krupa put up and that Simmons put up. Um, a lot of great preview content there, as well as uh, we talked about it on. Locked, um, the Beyond crew talked about it for a bit, and then also the IGN UK team did a whole special podcast about it. Well, let's hear your direct impressions. I want to know, without even, I'm just going to open the floor here and kind of say, John, just ran about this game for a while. Who boy. And first and foremost, uh, you know the life of a guide writer, which I do. I write a lot of IGN's wikis. I'm terrified to write the guide for this game. <laughs> um, Is that a matter of scope? Yeah, I mean, a matter of scope and a matter of depth. Really depth more than anything else. Okay. Um, what do you mean by that? So... <laughs> It, it's a hard thing to try and explain everything succinctly. Okay. Um, you know, the the ways that the systems sort of all layer and stack on top of each other, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't really know where to properly start on that front. If I'll tell you what. There's, you, you know about the new AI system relatively, uh, yeah. the interaction system with the NPCs. Let's assume the audience does it. Okay. There is uh, the way that you interact with NPCs in Red Dead, and not just like secondary characters or people who are crucial to the plot experience, but just like NPCs, like people who in GTA V would just exist on a sidewalk for you to hit with your car or try and avoid if you're a good person. Um, now that's that's not just a like ba- a meat bag anymore. Okay, they're, that's a person. It's a person. And that that's the, the whole crux of it is that they're really trying to create this super, super detailed, super... It's surreal in the sense that it's the Old West, mm-hmm. but you're also... It, it's in, it's just very lifelike. Is it's, this it's, West? I mean, is this Westworld? Everybody's got a backstory. I mean, I mean the, kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think I don't think it's fair to say you know it's Westworld specifically, but like that's kind of an apt analogy. You know, it's yeah. one of those situations where you go, like, if, if so, on the demo that we had, um, yeah. we saw basically we took Arthur Morgan, who's the new protagonist. Um, he got asked to go and hunt some. Uh, hunt for some more meat for the camp because the okay. camp is running low on food. And so, yeah. you know, being a good dude, we happily obliged. Okay. And, you know, we ran into a few different people along the way who were just out in the world doing their own thing. And unlike uh, most NPCs, they all have places they're going. So, like, if you see a guy riding along the street on a horse, you know, he's not just bloop placed into that position on the world to exist so you can see him he's going to a place he's coming from somewhere he's he's all fair doing something he he has his own schedule we talked about this on, on the show a couple of weeks ago the closest i've been able to frame this is that scene in jumanji where you're in the npc's camp and they're all talking about the player characters have, have you seen this the the jumanji rock movie oh 
You were. You I were, thought you meant the original one. Okay. I no. thought I was like, what no. happened? Where? No, the Jumanji with the Rock. Uh, there's NPC. They're in a video game. Yeah. Oh, you know, I knew the setup for right. it. Okay. And I should have. I should have gotten that through context. Clues. No, that's okay. There's a scene where the NPCs are all just in their camp talking about how to go after the heroes next, and it is kind Good. of like that moment you've always wanted to look into, where you're like, well, here's what those guys are doing when I'm right. not fighting them. Well, and so that's the thing is is that there's that now is them just living their lives. Okay. It, in every other game, like you see this a lot. And, you know, I really enjoyed the new Assassin's Creed games. I liked Watch Dogs 2 a lot. Um, but you see this in a lot of open world games where every NPC pretty much just exists for you to engage with. Yeah. Um, you know, you you show up, you go to their little town, and then you save the world. And, like, other games have sort of done this okay and, like, made it a little bit more apparent that you're, like, a little person in a big world, but you're still the chosen one or the superhero of that land. And in this, you're just kind of some guy. Wow. Um, I mean, you have this, you're wanted by the law, so there's that kind of ever-present danger of, like, I can't get in too much trouble Yeah. because, A, I might get killed, B, this might lead people back to my camp. Um, I don't know if that's, like, a dynamic thing that can happen. I don't think, I'm sure you could eventually lead cops back to your, or sheriffs or marshals, I guess, not yeah. necessarily cops. Well, whatever. Um, the law. I'm sure law you, dog. Law dog. Oh, no, come on now. I don't know if the posse will like show up and, and affect the camp in part of the story. Yeah. Um, because the way that that sort of functions is that, you know, it's a rockstar game. You're supposed to be able to go out, do whatever you want, fuck around and then progress the story as at your own pace. Yeah. But instead of it being this weird thing where like, you know, in GTA five, like if I wanted to switch to Trevor, I would just go and be a fucking psychopath for months at a time. Okay. And then eventually I would go back to Michael and they'd be like, Oh, it's the very next day from the last mission. Yeah. Even though it had been seven, eight, nine, 20 day night cycles. But yeah. Um, in this, it's more about sort of the abstract time in that sense. So like you'll go away for a while and you'll come back and your absence is noted. Things like, are different. Things are a little, like, not massively different. Yeah. But, like, things are are changed because, you know, while you were there, maybe the watch shift got changed up. Like, uh -huh. maybe somebody new is responsible for getting firewood. Um, also, depending on how long you've been gone, like, and if you, that means you haven't been there to help with camp. So, where the fuck were you, dude? Like, it's not necessarily, I don't think, going to affect, like, big, heavy story beats. Yeah. But it will have an impact, and you'll sort of create your own sort of contextual relationships with the people in the game. I like that idea that the world had moved on. I mean, yeah. uh, what do you think? It, there's there's a game design challenge here. Obviously, they're trying something tremendously ambitious yeah. because this is pretty unprecedented. Uh, what do you think the challenges are going to be around creating a universe for gamers where they are not the center of the universe? Or at least they're made to feel like they're not. Because I mean, we're think, used to being the center right. of the universe. Well, I mean, and that's what I really love about about this. I mean, I wrote a whole thing about this for IGN um, that, like, the best thing about this world is that it doesn't give a shit about you. It, hmm. you. You don't matter. I mean, you do because you're the center of the story and the developers have worked super hard to make sure that you can inhabit this world and have fun in it and explore it and there's a lot for you to do. But I think it's super ironic that in order for that to happen, for you to have that kind of great experience, they had to make it so that they it can't care about you. Wow. So that, like, the emergence of it is, you know, you sort of showing up in this world in this place where you don't necessarily belong. <laughs> like one of the things that they, that they were talking about, like, you know, for example, if you're, if you want to go out in the world and cause chaos as is many want to do in rockstar games, 
Um, if you like walk into town, you start hooping and hollering, like the sheriff will come over to you and be like, hey man, is there a problem? Like, can you stop it? Like, don't be a dick. Um, So backtracking all the way to where we started. Sorry, everybody. That's okay. Um, That's like sort of the, they're changing, trying to change the way that you interact with the open world itself. Okay. So with Red Dead 1, it was very binary action. Mm -hmm. You had the red decision or you had the blue decision. The red decision was to shoot a man. The blue decision was to not. Like, that was basically it. Right. Um, with this, there's gray area in the middle. Like, you can have a conversation with somebody instead of just shooting them. So, like, we came up on somebody uh, riding along. Uh, and in our case, we found this dude who was fishing on the side of the river. And, like, we rode a little bit past him. And his, his camp setup was there. And we just started robbing him because he wasn't around. And so we were like, oh, whatever. Let's take his, oh, my God. Let's take his stuff. We're just taking stuff, but also super quick th- shout out to crazy attentive level of details on this front. Like it wasn't like in the first one where it's just like there's a box that looks like every other box to pick up. Okay. There's a little animation for opening. It's just like Arthur just like kneels down and like he's got all of this like custom created oh, wow. furniture, like, you know, camp furniture. So it's like little tiny chests of drawers. Um, small pouches, satchels, everything. And he independently like opens each bag, like opens little drawers. Like pulls, rifling through like, all this stuff. Like actively rifling through everything. Wow. Um, and it's like all dependent on like what you're choosing to go through. Um, so anyways, the, the dude's adorable yet stupid dog uh, followed us. Okay. Because we attracted his attention while we were riding by on horseback. And the dude naturally saw his dog get really upset, and so he followed with us. Ah. Uh. Um, and so he shows up, and he's like, what the fuck, guys? Come on. Like, you're right. And he goes to start leaving, and so Arthur just turned, like, instead of, you know, Red Dead 1, your option would be to either let him go and be a witness mm-hmm. or shoot him in the back. Right. And instead, he basically, like, whipped around and was like, stop. Stop moving. Stop. And the dude, like, turns around. And you can, instead of just shooting him, you have the option to be like, no, you know what? You're not going to tell the pops because I could kill you. I don't want to, but I could do it. And then depending on who that random dude is, like all of, so all the NPCs essentially have a type of personality. Yeah. Um, Which is not transparent on the surface. No, 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 no. You you don't, you can't like look at a dude and be like, oh, that's a bad guy. That's a good guy. That's a coward. That's a brave guy. Um, They're just fucking folks. Um, and so this dude kind of happened to be a little bit of a coward and he was like, okay, like eventually we're like, you know, we're, we could kill you right now. And he was like, okay, okay, it's fine. I'm not going to say anything. But then to like add insult to injury, the guy who was playing our demo, excuse me, hmm. the guy who was playing our demo, um, was like, you know what? No, give me your fucking money. I'm going to rob you. <laughs> That's <laughs> so mean. It was so mean. But the dude was like, what? It was like, give me your money. And he was like, okay, God. And like threw him a bag of coins. And like Arthur was like, That's right. And like like he just turned around, and walked away, and that was the end of it. Weird. Okay, um, and is that gonna that's gonna be affected as personality type and the history and if you encounter. Well, so this that's guy the again, fun thing, or, is yeah. that it's you know, I don't necessarily it sounds like they're not gonna like basic NPCs, just like random fucking guys that you meet out in the world. Like it doesn't sound like they're gonna necessarily remember every single detail of your interactions. Uh-huh. But if you run into that same guy by sheer happenstance in town again, like he's not gonna like you. He he might not remember why, but 
Yeah. He's going to be pissed at you. Like, if you saw him and you walked over to talk to him, he's going to be hostile. He's going to be like, no, I don't want to fucking talk to you. And I assume some of this is going to feed into the context of time of day and other history and mood and other things. That yeah, have I have to assume so. That's like, a neat, it, it all a depends. Web. Well, because the world itself runs on a schedule. So, like, you're right. like to meet different people out in the world during the nighttime than you are during the daytime. Right. Like, at, you know, daytime, you'll probably see a lot of shopkeeps around town. You'll probably see. You know, some lawmen, some sheriffs. Yeah. But at night, you'll probably see a lot of drunks. You'll probably see a couple of courtesans. You'll probably meet a bunch of the more nefarious members of society. I love that you use nefarious. I love that word. It's a great word. We're going to take a break here for just a moment uh, because we have to. But we're going to hop right back in uh, with more Red Dead Redemption news from somebody who's seen it firsthand. Thanks. And we're back. All right, John. So uh, that you was told a fun us, break. Yeah, it was. You told us a little bit about how the, uh, the systems of interaction work. Tell us about Arthur. Who boy, um, he's he's a fucking strong dude. Strong? What do you mean? Well, okay, so I mean that's just like one of the first random tidbits. Like, so the whole demo was like him hunting. Uh, well, not the whole demo. Like the first like half of it was him like out in the woods and trying to find something to eat. Um, so he eventually ends up killing a deer, which is a really horrifyingly brutal thing to do. Really? But oh, oh yeah. Like the the bit in God of War, I assume you've all played that at some mm-hmm. point, where the kid has to like stab it, and he's like, "Don't be sorry, be better. Finish what you started." Okay. It was the the like most grisly version of that event yeah. that you could possibly experience. Like he like so uh, one of the like a bunch of tiny little details kind of popped out at me through this entire demo, like. In this particular case, I know I'm not talking about Arthur right now, but it's just that's a okay. thing that I have just, to get no, onto. No, no, get it, get it. The, that's okay. um, Red Dead's a game about tangents. You just it really ahead. is. Um, the, the world itself, just like the little details and interactions and, and little touches that they've added to it are really cool. So like uh, in this hunting scenario, for example, Arthur comes up on a, like two or three deer from a little ridge. And instead of just like trying to take the right shot, he like and whistles at him. And all three of them are just like, hmm? Like, all look his oh, wow. way. Okay. And, you know, he fires off at one of them, and we kind of didn't kill it right away. Oh, you winged it. Um, yeah, and not in a good way either. So it, like, freaks out and, like, starts, like, hobbling away, trying to escape. And so we chase it up and over his, and eventually, like, you watch it kind of, like, slow down and slow down and slow down and then fall over. Um, but as you walk up on it, it is, like, mewling and screaming, and it's, re- like, really, really horrible. Like real hunting. Yeah, like real hunting. And that's that's the thing where it's, like, it is as, you know, he, he walks up, and it's, like, I mean, it's spazzing the fuck out. It is incredibly visceral. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just walks up, puts a knife through his ribs, and it goes. But it was just, like, oh, I was very uncomfortable for a hot second there. Wow. Um, and, and, like, in a good way, it's it, I, I appreciate when games make me have that sort of almost physical response to something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, he kills it, and okay. then since we need it for meat, when I say he's strong, I mean he literally just fucking deadlifts a five-point buck over his shoulder and just walks away with it like it's a bag of, a bag of flour. Did that feel unrealistic to you? Or? No, I mean, that's the thing is, like, he's a big, big dude. Okay. Um, that So, you know, his, his shtick is that he is... Dutch Vanderlyn's like numero. He's his number one guy. Yeah, he's like Sergeant Major, right? I exactly. Mean, the, yeah, yeah, he's he's his right hand man, his lieutenant. Okay. Um, while Dutch is like the big picture guy, he's uh, he's more of like the day to day operations. This job is happening. This is who needs to do it. We need to make sure that everyone's like accounted for, taken care of, and looked after. Did you um, Did you like him? I did. Yeah, I Why did. Why did you like Arthur? So a lot of people. 
after that first reveal trailer dropped, the second technically trailer, technically yeah. the second trailer for the game, um, a lot of people were like, man, Arthur's a dick. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I was one of them at first because yeah. I was just like, oh, like he just seems like that whole bit where he's just like, maybe I'll keep him black on your behalf. And I'm like, oh, why? Why are you so cruel? Yeah. At everything. Um, and then, you know, we learn a lot more about him in the second and learn about not it was about him in the second trailer, but like about the events of the game in the second trailer um, or in the third trailer. And we learn a lot more about him just from talking with the folks at Rockstar. And it's like, you know, he was, he got kind of brought into the folds of Duchess gang, like as a literal child, yeah. not necessarily like 17 or 18, like a young adult, but like a kid. So this is like, A, it's the only life he's ever really known. Yeah. And more importantly, the gang is the only family he's ever really had. Okay. So, you so know. these are the people he loves. Exactly. And it's one of those situations where, you know, you see, you see a moment like, the the keeper in black moment from that second trailer or him grabbing that dude like where's our money um uh, just a side note that's just always stuck in my head on permanent loop whenever i see a picture of arthur yeah because i was cutting a thing that where's my money because i was cutting a thing for ign one time and it just i it was like a snapchat thing almost okay and it just kept looping that one little bit just like <laughs> where's our money where's our money where's our money it was very good that's it drove me mad yeah, I can um, tell. Yeah, just a little bit. Do you have um, that loop still? Like, no, no, oh, oh no, I burned it. And the computer that it was on. Um, <laughs> He's a madman. God. Anyways, so seeing those moments again in that context yeah. of knowing that it's less about him just being a dill hole and instead doing what it takes to protect the people he loves. Like, he's still, like, a hard dude. Like, he's still someone not... He's not someone that I would probably want to be friends with. Yeah. Were I someone who lived in the 1800s? Um, but I get why he's doing it. Well, I like I like Western gang films, uh, which obviously, oh, yeah. you know, The Wild Bunch comes to mind immediately, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance uh -huh. Kid. But the dialogue from the Red Dead trailers around the gang, as much as anything else, is reminding me of kind of a weird combination of, of some of the, the more poetic, you know, fire stuff from the oh from the yeah, yeah, yeah yeah obviously the, that's the grandiose yeah that's the dutchness of it all. the dutchness of it all that that's definitely got a little more there will be blood in it but oh yeah but i also like some of the more rough stuff really is bonnie and clyde-ish um it yeah, reminds me of, of that film a lot well, in the dialogue from that so it, it reminds me it's a, it's a, it's maybe not a weird anecdote but the the thing that i kept thinking throughout the entirety of like the time that I like just spent with the game and talking to them. Yeah. When I walked away from it, I was like, you know, I know it's a cowboy tale and it's similar in a lot of ways, but like this is a pirate story. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I get like, sure, pirates are kind of the cowboys, but in boats. Yeah. Um, but, but, cowboys. Like, but this is really like looking at sort of the big picture of things for the gang itself. Like Dutch's whole ideal, like Dutch is on an ideological, not Jesus Christ, on an ideological level, Dutch is trying to just like provide a life for these people that is div like just free from the what he believes to be the super corrupt rule of government yeah so it's like he's it's, the ultimate libertarian they're i mean they're trying to <laughs> build yeah pretty much like they're trying to found their own libertalia in california yeah um and so this sort of notion of of striving for that but also being stuck where they are hunted by the law at the same time. Like there's a lot of stressors at play there. Well, the, the West was a place where people did try to form kingdoms. Yeah, you know, a, a absolutely. Couple of times. I mean, the, the Salt Lake city exists mm -hmm. because a group of people who were persecuted decided, well, 
screw this, we're getting out of here. Yep. And they went off to effectively found their own civilization so far away that they thought no one would care for a very long time. And yep. Western expansion happened faster than they yes, thought. It and, yes, it did. And, and I, They I built think, some nice tabernacles, though. They did. They did a lot of things. Um, I think about Wild Wild Country. Uh, have you watched that on no, Netflix? No, I haven't. Uh, that's about the Rajneeshis uh, in the 1980s in, uh, in Oregon. Okay. And a group of people that came over from India and tried to form a commune in the American West cool. on a ranch. And the ridiculous chicanery and fantastic story that arose around that. The idea oh of trying my. to build their own ideal civilization in the middle of nowhere. And what came out, it's an interesting series. Yeah, it's, well, very, it's a modern day Western. Cool. Uh, that sounds great. It's on Netflix? It's on Netflix, I'm going to yeah. check it out. Yeah, and so should you. Yeah, it's a really interesting um, piece. Uh, it is. But yeah, I mean, and so, you know, I see why folks might consider Arthur kind of like a, a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Like, not necessarily like the reformed, like the the romanticized version of the, like, reformed outlaw yeah. that John was in the first one. Instead, it's, you know... It's being kind of stuck in the middle of this world that is the that is constantly just trying to kill you. Yeah. And not in the sense of like a zombie apocalypse scenario, but literally just like everybody if someone if one of those NPCs in town knew who I was, they would spit at me, they would hate me, they would call the sheriff immediately. Yeah. Um and like it's that notion that the noose is just kind of ever tightening yeah. for every second that you're not on the move towards because where you want to get. They're after you. There's no escape. Exactly. They're constantly coming. And you may deserve it, but that doesn't mean you'll want it. Right. Yeah. And exactly. that's, yeah, there's that. I mean, the third trailer, it starts with that, you know, we don't want to kill you. But we will. But we will. We'll do it. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, we're, you, you know, you look at the Keeper in Black line, you look at where's our money, you look at, um, even even the bit with in the very beginning of the third trailer where he's like we're not people we're ghosts mm -hmm. it's that notion of this is the hand we've been dealt and it's gonna really suck to make a good play out of it but we've yeah. got to try do what we can um, I like that I like that element I think that'll be yeah, a compelling thing to be a part of oh for sure and I think it's gonna lead to some really interesting interactions within the gang itself like uh, on a personal theory level, I think that uh, the end of the first trailer, mm -hmm. the, like the one piece of voiceover in it is like, you know, when this, when it all goes to hell, like you got to run, you got to, don't look back. This is done. This is over. Yeah. Um, personally, I feel like that's Arthur talking because we know it's Arthur, but I feel like that's him talking to John mm. uh, at the very end. But like, I'm really curious to see like when you have formed all these relationships with these people, because like, you know, you do get to know everybody from the first gang for the first game who was part of the gang. Right. But, like, through a very different prism. Um, you know, like Bill Williamson, for example. In the first game, he is this sort of bombastic, cruel, like, really powerful outlaw. Yeah. And in this one, he's just kind of a dipshit. Right. Like, he's he's the curly of the three students. <laughs> I mean, he's still, like, a, he's still a good Not shot. Not the chef? And he's still... No, God, no. Ugh, the boo. No, chef, I'm getting rid of the fuck out of here. This is not, we are not a Shep household, sir. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not like a slapstick wacky character, but he's clearly not the smartest of the bunch. Yeah. And, and they all damn well let him know that okay. pretty regularly. It it's seems. Like, yeah. I'm just going to um, remind you of your place here, Bill. Right. Exactly. So why and do they so, keep Bill around? Cause he's good with a gun and he's handy to have in a stick up. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, he was part of the mission that we saw was a bank heist uh, in this mm -hmm. tiny town of Valentine in this area that new ha was new Hanover was the like section of the map that we were exploring. Um, and so, yeah, we took bill on a heist because 
Bill was mad at Arthur because apparently he had botched a job or something. Yeah. Um, and there's this really great notion that kind of speaks to how Bill is kind of placed in the gang where, you know, he's he's going after Arthur, but he's like, you son of a bitch, like, why can't, what, like, you know, you did it, like, you fucked up, this is bad, like, you owe us money from this score. And Arthur's just like, man, it was just one of them things, well, I'm sorry. And Bill gets real pissed about it because he's just like, how come every time I fuck up, you know, I'm the village idiot. I'm the, yeah. I'm the town drunk. I'm the bane of existence. I'm the dumbass. But when you fuck up, it's just one of them things. Hmm. And like, you can see everybody in the group around him be like, well, oh. until one guy's finally like, I mean, look, it's kind of a bad double standard, Arthur. Like, come on. And so you, you begrudgingly, you're like, all right, fine, fucking whatever. But everybody fucking knows there's a reason that when Bill fucks up, Bill fucks up. And when Arthur fucks up, it's usually just one of them things. It's very Jane Cobb. Uh, yeah, I, I think very that's... much. Bill is, that is, I think that's the most apt description I've heard. Bill Williamson is essentially the James Cobb of <laughs> of Dutch's gang. But for without, more, for more, on, oh, go ahead. Without the redeeming qualities. Uh, okay, because Jane does have Jane. Jane ultimately does have a soul. Well, he, he, I don't know if Bill does. He's the he's the hero of Canton. Mm-hmm. The man they call Jane. The man they call Jane. Yeah. For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, watch one of the best Westerns ever set in outer space, Firefly. It's very good. It is. It's um, spectacular. Uh, you're starting to talk about the gang. That was going to be my next question. Anyway, cool. Let's keep leaning in. What, what can you tell us about the rest of these characters? I'm very curious about Sadie. Sadie wanna, Adler? Yeah. Um, so Sadie, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about her. Okay, we haven't um, learned much yet. No, we haven't really learned a whole lot about anybody except for you know Dutch, Arthur, and then the few folks that we know from the first game. Okay, so we got uh, and, Bill. Oh, and Hosea, okay. the, the old man who was telling that story uh, in the third trailer. Well, tell us about Hosea. I mean, it, it, there's not much to tell between... Blah, 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 blah. There, there isn't much to tell about him besides what we saw in that second trailer. Okay, that's He's, it. Like, he might be the oldest member of Dutch's gang. We're not mm-hmm. super sure. Um, because that is sort of the story of how they meet in that trailer where it's like they were two they were two independent con men trying to rob one another. Yeah. And they both I lo- I love the idea of that moment where they're both just like, wait a minute. Yeah. And, and like they both have their guns around and like, ah, come on. And then become best friends. Um it's kind of beautiful. I don't necessarily trust that Dutch considers Hosea his best friend, but I super believe that Hosea thinks Dutch is his best okay. friend, by the way. I'm, I feel like if push comes to shove, because there's also that so- shot of them in the third trailer mm-hmm. where, where like everyone's in that, like what looks like kind of a mountain cabin in the dark and everyone's like cold and clearly pissed off. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot less of them than there yeah. was in that first shot <laughs> right. in the woods. Um, but like Hosea is the one who's like right next to Dutch and like even Arthur's giving him some side eye like, oh boss, you kind of fucked up here. But Hosea is just like right there. Like I feel like that's going to go real bad for Hosea real quick someday. Like, well, there's a, there's a big old cast in this movie of yeah. people who kill for a living or at least right. rob well, for a living. that's the thing. And there's, this is, most of these folks are not going to make it out of here. I think we can assume that, right? I mean, that, yeah, uh, I can very, I, you know, I have a very strong assumption that Arthur's probably not going to make it out of this game alive. You know, I've wondered um, about that because John died when we didn't necessarily expect him to. And I wonder yeah. if Arthur will live I would love to we see expect that. him to die. I would love to see that. Um, there's a part of me that wonders about that. You know, I, I have a very strong sneaking suspicion that maybe Sadie will live. Um, I really hope Lenny will live. Why do you hope Lenny lives? Because um, I liked Lenny. He was just kind of like chilling in the background. He was the dude that stood up for Bill. Uh-huh. And I, I have to kind of respect a man for that to the point <laughs> where he's like, you know what? This guy's a fucking idiot. He is the piece of shit of this whole gang. Like of all of us, he's probably the worst guy here. But you know what you can't do? You can't treat him worse because of it. <laughs> 
And like, I think there's something very noble about that. I like so that. I like Lenny. Like, what um, about a young Dutch? What's he like? I mean, young Dutch is that he, he's not young. He's middle yeah, aged. Younger Dutch. Yeah. yeah. I think when we see him in, in Red Dead one, when the original Red Dead, I think it's a miracle that his hair is still as black as it is. Okay. Um, I think Young Dutch, you know, we saw a little bit of him in the in the demo that we played, but yeah. I think most of what we know about Dutch we've seen in the trailers. Yeah, and that is, you know, it's that notion of of sort of a, a pirate crew is. I mean, he's clearly the captain of a ship that has the entire British Navy after it. Yeah, um, and he's trying to figure out a way to make it back to you know back to freedom without everyone you know getting killed. Yeah. Um, and I, it's that thing of like, you know, we know a lot about him already in, from the end of the first Red Dead where he has that those moments of like, you know, I've fought for my entire life. I can't change. Mm. The world is changing. I cannot change with it. Yeah. And it's interesting to me, I think, because he we see him having accepted that in the first Red Dead. Yeah. And I think in this one, we're going to see what breaks him. Okay. Um, because there's that moment in the first one where I think it was, it's when John, John catches Javier down in Mexico mm-hmm. and you know, Javier someone's like, Oh, come on, man, you're not going to shoot me. We were bros. We're brothers. And John's just like, well, yeah, we were brothers until, you know, you and Dutch went crazy and then family didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, everything we've seen of Dutch in both the demo that I saw and in all of the trailers so far, Nothing about that seems crazy to me. Like, sure, there are, there are more calculating sociopathic kinds of crazy that can be, you know, very, like, madness bubbling below the surface. But I think that we'll see Dutch get a little more, I mean, mad as, okay. as time goes on. I think, like, as, as that news tightens and as things get more and more dire as they go on, I think we're going to see Dutch go from that sort of you know, that cold calculating guy who we saw in the trailer in the second trailer where he's like, you have my back and they burned down a plantation house <laughs> to, you know, I think we'll go from that dude to a guy who's very much desperate trying to not just survive, but also to keep control over the small group of people that he has clustered around him. Because I don't necessarily know if he knows how hmm. to survive on his own. Cause okay. I mean, look at what happens between yeah. two and one. Like you see, you know, I have no idea where, the actual story will take him, but like you see him go from what, however many of those people in that cabin live to having bailed on that whole idea. Yeah. And then tried to restart it with a whole crew of newly recruited folks. Like, I don't know if this is a man who can like a, not only survive in this changing world, but also just like be alone or not have control over other people. He's got to be able to do that. Um, Yeah. And I think that that's that's a really interesting thing, especially with him and Arthur. Cause like, I mean, Arthur, like I said, the gang's the only family that he's ever really had. And like Dutch is, I think it can sometimes be taken as sort of a played out trope, but like Dutch is very clearly a surrogate father to him. Does he collect orphans? I mean, you have John, I'd assume as much. Yeah. Like not, not, he's not necessarily like a Fagin type or anything like that. But like, I feel like, you know, young susceptible, men and women are who don't know their place in the world. Like if Dutch gives them a place and says, Hey, I can give your life meaning if you come and work for me. Like that's a totally real thing. Like that still happens mm. today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I think it's a really, I, we're going to stop on that point for a moment and take a break. We'll come back soon with even more Red Dead Redemption. Stick around. Before we move on to our next section, I want to thank our Patreon 
producers. Oh, uh, what? Indeed, the people who make this show possible, like Austin Riley, Thanks, Jonathan, Austin. Robert Nieder, Ed Calderon, these folks, and more. Those folks who give on Patreon make Red Dead Radio possible, and you too can help us out at reddeadradio.com if you want to, and I hope you will. If you're enjoying the show, please, uh, this is how I make my living, so I hope you will. I was going to ask if there was a way that I could help be part of that. So. What? Yeah, what to, to, to Can I give you money? Like, I don't have anything in my wallet right now because I'm... Yes, you, you can always give me money. Perfect. If you wish to give me money, Great. I will accept it. Here are my credit cards and driver's license. Thank I'm you. I'm not going to do that because you yeah. might see the numbers. I'm going to do like, I'm gonna be like Arthur. You. Give me your wallet. Exactly. There, there we go. Take there it. we go. See, look at that. Look at that. Um, I, I figured out his profile. You're stealing because you love people. That's how That's the works. whole point. <laughs> That's why it's okay. That's why it's justified. So we're not following our usual pattern for the show. We usually have a very segmented show, but you've seen the game and yeah. there's so much to tell. I'm, that I'm I think sorry this is that just I'm gonna ruining be a, your... You're not ruining it. This is a blowout. That's okay, the idea great. here, okay? This, uh, this is not our regular format. Of course. But uh, I do think that it, it's it's pretty rad that we're going through this. So um, finishing up with the gang, and then I just want you to talk, if you don't mind, about just some of the points that jumped at you from the demo. Oh, for sure, yeah, Anything of else, Any other characters you want to talk about? Um, I like Uncle a lot. I still really like <laughs> Uncle. Um, he's, and here's the thing. like The first time that like we ran by Uncle, I was just like, oh, that's Uncle. Cool. And then he opened his mouth, and I was like, that is Uncle. Yeah. Uh, well, because like, you know, Uncle in the first game is just like, He's that, he may as well be like Prospector Pete. Yeah. Where he's just like, you can't understand a word he says. He's just like, bing, bang. He's like the boom hower of the gang. Yeah, absolutely. And he still very much is. Like, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot more to his character in this game because he's younger. He'll be forced to interact more with people. Um, but like the only interaction that we had with him was like Arthur walked by him at camp. And um, Arthur and what the hell did he say to him? He was just like, what's up with you? He like kind of like, he was like passed out on the ground and like sort of like drunkenly like sits up. He's just like, you care? Arthur? And Arthur's just like, I was, I saw you. He's just like, oh shit. And he's like, yeah, so and, uncle's but, on. And the, but then he just starts like grumbling completely nonsensically. Just like, rag him, frag him, gang, gang. That is very boom Howard. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to sort of, like, learn more about these folks. Like, you know... Um, yeah, because it's only 12 years before. I mean, it is yeah. a long time in the past, but it's not like not like half a lifetime or no, anything. No, 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 no. I mean, it's, it's enough time has passed that someone like John can learn a bunch of life lessons. Yeah. A decade is a great amount of time to learn some shit about yourself. Yeah, yeah it really is. Um, you know, ask anyone who's turned 30. <laughs> um, God, or, I, know. I know, right? Or, or worse. No, it's fine. It's fine. Don't, 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 don't even think about it. Um, no, so like, I mean, we see like a young Javier. We see him in a couple of the trailers. He was in the demo that we saw. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk to him or anything. He was just chilling at the campfire, just playing guitar. Okay. Um, there was this other guy, Seamus, or no, Sean. Okay. I, I say Seamus because he was Irish as fuck. Okay. Um, Do you mean just in the, like the the accent sense? Or the I, I mean in the sense, sense like if, if you if I told you like, tell me about an Irish person in the eighteen hundreds. That's. You felt no, like no. Tell me about an Irish person in the 1800s. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Every stereotype about them you could possibly think about that is Sean, and okay. I like. I know it's bad to just be like, oh, that's an Irish guy. He's a drunk with red hair, and he gets into fights. But like. That's fun. Okay. <laughs> um, the first time we met Sean, he was telling the story about, I think it was the first time he met Dutch. Oh. Um, and he was, he was telling the story, and it, it basically boiled down to he was very drunk at a bar, picking a fight with Dutch and his friends. Uh, and Dutch was essentially like, what are you going to fucking do? Shoot me? Uh, and Sean was like, fuck yeah, and like pulled out his gun and like pulled the trigger three times. 
but it was empty because he was so fucking wasted that he didn't even notice when Dutch like took the bullets out of his fucking gun. Oh, okay. So, um, but he did draw on him and try to kill him. Oh, absolutely, he did. Oh, yeah, amazing. and so it's like seeing those little relationships that will kind of come into play. Like, how do you go from oh, this is a guy that tried to kill me yeah. to oh, you're an active and participating member of my convoy family. You want to see how that works? Um, yeah, I, re- I really, really am. It seems like there's tons of lore. In this. Yeah, so it does. Just a lore heavy yeah. game, and lore lore rich games are an intriguing. I, I mean, there's always been a lot of lore in Rockstar games, and GTA yep. Five, which is very much the direct predecessor to this game, not just on yeah. a technical level, but on a storytelling level. There's so much lore that that it's become a hobby for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean digging through and finding what's hidden in there. Excuse me. I mean, how many, how much Bigfoot chasing did you do? Oh my God, too much, too, too much. But I wouldn't necessarily call that kind of stuff lore. No, what I'm thinking about more is, is are the little things that connect to other tiny things. Yeah, exactly. That connect to other tiny things that tell a story. And Rockstar's really good at that. You'll find little tidbits of narratives that you would never even know were in the game yeah. if you don't. Well, it, it sort of comes back to, it's, it's the way that they just build the worlds in general. And I, I told the same little anecdote on Unlock. So if you're listening to that too, I'm sorry, you're going to hear it twice. Um, the way that they discuss building the worlds that they build in is super fascinating to me because it, it relates directly to that where they, you know, the process is essentially like they start with a single rock, like just like a couple of pebbles in a texture model. Mm-hmm. And they say, okay, these rocks, does this rock look good next to this rock? Cool. How do those rocks look next to these piles of rocks? Okay. How do these piles of rocks look next to each other to make a driveway? Cool. Great. They look good. Awesome. How does that driveway look next to that house? How does that house look next to the house next to it and the next house next to that? How do those three houses look on this street? How does that street look in this neighborhood? How does this neighborhood look in this block? And so on and so on and so on. You're, until al- you, you're almost describing geometric fractals there. That's I mean, kind of. That is a, sort of a way to look at it. Um, hmm. I'm not particularly good at math. But, no, that's yeah. really interesting, though, this um, idea of that, that same general shape manifesting itself in congruent ways again and again. Well, it's not necessarily... exponentially larger. Yeah, and, th- everything and that's the idea. Together. where it's, it, it's making sure that everything properly fits together because as, you know, as random as your encounters throughout this world will be, you know, because obviously, like, one of the great draws of Rockstar Games is that emergent gameplay. Like, what will happen when I do run into uh, a, a group of bandits who want to steal the deer off the back of my horse? Like, I could totally just be like, no, fuck you guys, bang, bang, bang. Or I potentially now could say, you know what? Fine, fucking mm-hmm. take it. I don't give a shit. Or you could try and potentially, I think, like, negotiate with them. And depending on their personality types, like, maybe you could talk them out of that situation. I like that. I like um, the thought a lot. I, I think I'm really going to enjoy yeah. seeing how those interactions play out. I enjoy oh, that for sure. Me yeah. too. But the thing is, though, like, you know, tracking a little bit back to that design element, like, even though that's, like kind of the real star of the show of many many rockstar games yeah the world itself like even those random people that you get to interact with everything is is that level of like manual curation yeah and like taking the time and the care to actively design each and every piece like we talked to them there were there was a team working on horses for like five years yeah like literally it took a guy five years to make a horse's ass Mm -hmm. like when we were there, there were dudes making little tiny rocks, like not not be, big whole mountain pieces. To be fair, I spent the last five years making a horse's ass of myself. Look, we all have done that. But yeah. I mean, in this case, actually animating and painting on the ass of a horse. Yeah. Um, God damn it. <laughs> 
Um, no, you have made a horse ass out of yourself. Oh, definitely. You've been doing very well for yourself. But we've got people doing a lot of manual curation. That's the thing. That, that's, going, and that's the thing. I it's, was playing Red Dead 1. There's so much of that loving care even in yeah. that, which is a, it's a much more technically primitive product. But just saying, I'd forgotten when I sit around and play poker that people are just going to drop hints about missions in the middle of the discussion, or I'm going to pick up dialogue from the other room yeah. through the wall, exactly. slightly muffled, and, and the door opens, it gets a little louder, and I'm right. picking up things. And it's not just throwaway dialogue. It's right. a it's part important. of this world. Yeah. And, and that's the real thing, is it's not necessarily like important quest-giving dialogue, because yeah. if it was, you'd have to be in a mission cutscene. Right. But it's not. It's just like this thing that you can potentially overhear and then hear them go on. Yeah. Like, you know, the, um, the guy that we robbed, for example, that fisherman, yeah. If we wanted to, we could have just like pulled up next to him and just potentially had just a conversation. Mm -hmm. And then like when he was done fishing for the day, if he pulled in three or four trout, he'd theoretically get back, go to his camp. When he was done camping, he'd pack up camp, go home. And we could follow him home and like meet his wife, meet his kids maybe. And I'm super curious to see just like, and this is the thing where I'm, I'm terrified to write the guide, like I said, because yeah. I don't know how deep that rabbit hole goes. You know, I, I don't know if it's going to be you can have instant personal interactions with them in like, and those conversations <laughs> when they end, that'll be it. Or if it's going to be sort of a Westworld scenario where like everybody potentially has a, a quest chain. Yeah. Something. I'm wondering if there's a terrifying I, geometric web here. Where, I don't necessarily so think that are affecting it. I, I think even just looking at a hardware level, I don't think that's possible. Like this, this looks, this is it. When they told me at the end of the demo that it had been running on a baseline PS4, I was, I didn't believe them. Yeah, well, um, but don't forget when GTA Five came out on right, but then 360 that's the thing, PS3, where it's like, I it looked like it, it come from good. outer space. Exactly. Yeah, it's... Um, like it, and that's the crazy thing too is like you look at the trailer shots, everything in that first reveal trailer, all of those really beautiful landscapes. Like, yes, it's shot with a cinematic camera in the game, but that is still in the game. That's yeah. what that looks like. You know that sequence where Hosea in the third trailer is talking about stuff at the camp. You can walk right by that. Like that's yeah. not a cinematic. That's not a thing where you sit down. Well, there's and it been plays a lot a of talk scene. about not seeing gameplay, not seeing gameplay. So, is your walk through the world? Does it look that good? Yeah, yeah. It looks beautiful. I mean, you know, I'm not surprised by that at all. No, right? it, it but... looks despicably good. Like, <laughs> it was one of those things. Like, I felt almost bad saying it, but I was like, this has no right looking as good as it does on that hardware. Because hmm. um, I mean, it really is gorgeous, and it's not just the fact that it looks really good. Because you can make a world that looks pretty on games like, you know, God of War on PS4, the base PS4. I was blown away. Like when we did our graphics comparison about the PS4 versus the PS4 Pro, yeah. they looked almost identical aside right. from the frame rate. And I was like, holy shit, that's great. I'm yeah. really glad to see the PS4's hardware getting used like that. Um, but in this case, it's not just how pretty it is. It's also how, like the nitty fucking gritty details. Like oh, Arth found. So Arthur's clothes, for example. I mean, it's a, it's a small fucking detail. Anybody would have forgiven Rockstar if it had just been like, if I'm going to wear this shirt with a pair of suspenders and pants, that outfit is going to be one just piece of character model rendered. Mm. But instead, it's not. They're actual pieces of clothing, each one independently rendered. Like your suspenders will shift and move on top of your shirt. Your gun belt will shift and shimmy along under your ass. Like your canteen bottle will jiggle and fucking shit. Your hat can get shot off in a shootout. Like... This reminds me of discussions when I went to ILM for uh, for a movie thing once uh, back when I worked at IGN, and they were talking about about hair and individual yep. things that were dangling off certain characters, yeah. and, and how proud they were of that rendered in a 
movie yeah, pre-rendered. Exactly. So and talking about thing, somebody like seeing, doing that on this kind of hardware. Seeing that being done dynamically, it's just like, holy shit. Like when, when I ever saw, you know, what, what the fuck was it? The first Tomb Raider reboot, like Lara Croft's hair physics was like a whole yeah, thing. And then they that. eventually updated The Witcher 3 with Geralt's hair physics. And that man has beautiful fucking hair, by the way. So do you. Oh, thank you. Wish um, I did. You can have some of mine. I'm getting a cut this weekend. Oh, I'll take it. Great. I'll just paste it on there like a treble. Sounds good. Perfect. Don't wear a triple on your head. There's I, trouble I, with triples. There is some trouble. <laughs> what other little details like that that you know? Well, I mean, that's the thing. Is it's like so that in and of itself like kind of blew me away. So like the horse. Oh fuck! I completely forgot about the horse. Oh boy! Um, you forgot about the so, horse. But like little details, right? What do you so, mean I forgot about the horse? It, the horse is this whole fucking thing. Like, it's, the, it's a Red Dead 1. It's a horse. It's, yeah. it's basically a car from GTA. Yeah. You call it when you need it. You ride it from A to B. Sometimes it gets shot or hit by a train. Yeah. In this, it's like a, it's its own. It, your horse is a fucking character now. Like, you have to create a bond with it. Like, the horse that you start the game with, you probably have a better bond with than one that you'll just go out and fucking lasso in the woods. Okay. And as you build that bond... You know, you are in better and better control of it. The relationship that you have depends on how well that horse functions in combat, for example. Okay. So, like, if you get into a shootout with a horse that you just lassoed, odds are, like, the first couple of gunshots that go off, it's going to get spooked real quick and okay. going to bolt and either throw you or take you with it. If you have a really good relationship with your horse, though, if you've taken it through a bunch of, of situations that have made it, like, trust you more, yeah, you'll have an easier time of reeling it in. Like, a bear kind of, like, came out of the woods at us during our demo, and it, like, the horse was visibly like, oh, shit. But instead of, like, completely freaking the fuck out and, like, spinning away and running off, it, like, you know, you saw Arthur be like, hey, it's okay, it's all fine, we'll ride this way instead. And the horse was just like, oh, okay, you got You're going to be all right. Okay, fine. so it's not just like GTA Five where you could steer the car a little better later in the game. Right, because... no, this is an entire thing. Like, um, okay. Rob Nelson, the co-studio head at Rockstar North, was telling us the story, um, and you can... Uh, hear about it in a couple of other spots that we've written about too, but it's a great fucking story. So it's really good um, where it was uh, like a year and a half, two years ago, almost at this point. And he was riding his horse and it got hurt out in the desert, like away from town. Yeah. And he thought that he had the stuff on him to fix it, but he didn't. And because when your horse dies, your horse fucking dies. That's it. It's dead. Like it's, it's dead. You have per to start. Perma horse death. Yeah. Confirmed. Perma horse death confirmed. And you, but you have to start again with another horse. Okay. And so like to that end, like if it's a horse that you've been with for the entire game, like that's important to you. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's almost a friend. Yeah. Um, it's like dog meat and fallout. Yeah. Only it can die. Yeah. 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 Um, you actually care about this creature. Right. Yeah. And so like he, he rifled through his bags. He realized he didn't have the medicine to fill, to heal the horse. And so he's like, shit. Okay. Uh, okay. There's a town like a um, couple miles that way. I'm going to run there. I'll be right fucking back. You just, you stay alive horse. And he puffs his ass all the way to town. He gets the shit that he needs and he gets back and it was dead. Oh, and that's the thing where it's like, it's not just that like, shit, now I don't have a horse. It's like, my horse died alone in the desert without me. Yeah. Even though I tried to save it. But because it was a early, 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 super alpha build, he pushed the whistle button and it like, bloop, and it popped back up. And so they immediately were, they were like, this is bullshit. That ruined that whole super cathartic moment. And that so told like, them a lot about how they wanted the game to exactly. turn out. And then they're okay. like, okay, you know what? We definitely need the horse to stay dead. No, that's that's wonderful to hear. I mean, that that shows, I and mean, this is unsurprising, but it shows that they really get what made what worked about the first game work so well. Greg yeah. Miller was telling me a story about you know you you have to go on that mission in Red Dead One where 
you encounter the old man that's talking about his wife and you go into the cabin and she's dead. She's mm-hmm. a desiccated corpse that he's gone mad. And he's like, yep. Greg played as a total white hat the whole game. And just where's the fun in that? Greg? Goody two shoes. And yeah, that's, he met the sad old man alone. And he said, for the only time in the game, I went outside and I kind of looked out and I thought, and the only time in the game, I put the mask on and I walked back in and I shot him in the back of the head. And I rode away, put him out of his misery. Yep. And that was Greg's story moment. Yeah. That wasn't part of the script. These games do that better than anything. They really do. And it's good to um, know that's designed. We forget because it happens. We forget you have to design that in. And, and that's that the those thing. Are, where it's like those those <laughs> moments are, you know, it's like I was saying, like it's built to be, the world is built to be indifferent towards you, but in that in creating that indifference, it's what makes it so special. And that's a beautiful dichotomy. Yeah, uh, it's, I really, really like it. It is hands down my favorite thing about the potential that this game has. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, like I haven't played it. I don't know how deep any of these particular systems go. Like, it is still five and a half months away. But hot damn. Yeah. Well, uh, they've been working on a long it. time. They've got a great track record. Um, yeah. Everything here is incredible. This is what I want to hear about this game. Oh man, yeah, for sure. Um, there's. It, it is very much a video game. There is stuff we didn't get into. <laughs> I'll be happy to come back. Or we can uh, keep talking now. I don't give a shit. Yeah, what, what else you got? Oh, fucking hell. Um, how long is this show supposed to be again? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. We are we are pushing out to the boundaries here. And we still have another segment to get through. So. God, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. How about I come back in a couple weeks? How about you come back and we talk about this again? Right. I like this plan a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching. We are going to move forward with the next segment in just a moment. Be right back. Perfect. So during that break, we decided John is definitely coming back. Okay, uh, that's good. absolutely happening. We're gonna have a part two of I've seen Red Dead Redemption with John Ryan. Great, we'll have uh, a, we'll have a Red Dead blowout part two. Yeah, we're gonna do it because it's just it's just too good not to get into. It's but just, oh, I'm so excited. We do happening. have a few other little parts of the show we got to get through quickly. First off, uh, we've been playing uh, on the trail where I've been playing through Red Dead One. Oh, good, because you know what I've along. also been doing. Well, that's what I've I want to also ask been you playing about. through Red Dead. So rather than hear my chronic of playing through Red Dead 1. I want to hear about what's been happening to you as you revisit oh this game for the first time in ages. What's it like for so you? So I got back from my demo about eight weeks ago and I immediately was like, I have to fucking play Red Dead, holy shit. Um, and I started to play the story mode for a little while and I, I I realized that I still had a game save from the last time that I restarted Red Dead when it first dropped on Xbox One backwards compatibility. Oh, like you had 20, your save! Oh. Like 2015 or 2016 so or something. So you played it when it popped back into compatibility. So yeah, you so had, I started okay, replaying it. So nice. I played through about the first probably two-thirds of that game like two years ago. So you're hopping in fairly late. Well, so what happened was I got in, realized where I was, and I was like, well... So I was like, okay... I'm right at the part where I just ran into Dutch in the bank for the first time. Yeah. Uh, where he's like trying to rob the bank. He kills that teller and then the Edgar Ross uh, and some other, I forget the other guy. What the hell is his name? I don't remember. Fucking Bert to, to Edgar Ross's Ernie. Right. Um, he, You're ahead of where we are in the game anyway right now. So oh, okay, perfect. Great. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I, well, I'm not going to go too far ahead because I was like, okay, this is fun. But I, I kind of forget what got me here. Yeah. And I don't want to go back and play through because there were like, four or five times in the last six years that I've just restarted Red Dead because I should play that again. I should play that again. So I've played the opening to Red Dead Redemption probably about five fucking times in the last half decade. Um, So I said, you know what? No, it's okay. Fuck this. I'm going to see what's happening in Red Dead Online. Oh. And you know what's a fun thing, Jared? What's that? The servers still work. No kidding. And you know what's a funner thing? What's that? They actually are stable now. 
or stable-ish. Okay. Um, when it first launched on backwards compatibility, I was like, oh, fuck, yes, Red Dead Online. And it was broken. You couldn't get into any games. Like, And even if you did, it would be that thing where like you just see a dude and he's just flying the fuck away into space or like <laughs> glitching out to the point where like his body map paints over an entire town. Um, it was ugly. It was bad. But now? But now it is not perfect. Yeah. Like there's definitely like, I ran into a couple of cheaters for sure. Yeah. Um, but you can still feasibly jump in, start a private match with a posse, get a group together, go take out gang outposts. So I've been playing Red Dead Online for the last like three months. And wow. it's fucking delightful. And why haven't we played together? Okay. why? Because that's a part of the game I never got into. <gasps> oh, it's so good. It was not. I mean, I'm obviously familiar with it, but it did not draw me in as much. So well, I real, we'll have to play together. Please. Oh, my answer. God. Please. Yes. Let's, let's together. do that. Okay. Um, and that's what we can talk about the next time we're here. Our, our <laughs> I love Online that. Adventures. Absolutely. Um, no, I mean, that's the thing where it is, to me, that was like cause GTA 4 Online you could opt into a free roam mode, like, but you had to actively choose it. Yeah. And with Red Dead, it that that was the first iteration, really, of what we saw turn into GTA Online. Yeah. Where you don't, excuse me, where you don't load into like a menu and pick what you want to do. You load into the world and then you go from there. You're kind of just in there, yeah. and now you're going to figure out what thing you want to go. Exactly. And there's and plenty of instances, but there's also that constant. Right. Like area. you can start team death matches. You can start PvP. You yeah. can start um, racing proper... Hot Wheels cars in the sky. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I've actually been playing a lot of Red Dead Online, and it is still really fun. Like the only thing that I, I wish that had been added into it. Uh, when it first launched, that I'm just mad personally because I'm a real dick to other people, is that you can't lasso folks. Oh, okay. Um, that's the one You want to hog-tie somebody? No, I want to lasso them and drag them behind my horse. Oh, okay. I want to ass-haul them. Because like, you can't keel-haul them, you can't road-haul them. So I feel like with the ass of my horse behind me, it's an ass-haul, right? Is that how it works? I don't know. I assume. I don't know I think, the nomenclature. I think technically it's road-haul. Uh, it's a road-haul? Um, okay. Or... Path hauling, key hauling. When I finally came to understand what a true key hauling was, oh man, it's terrible. That's the most awful thing in the world. The fact that it was designed to pull you under the boat where the barnacles were on the hull and tear your skin off. Oh yeah. Oh no, that's not that's not like a pleasant like. Oh, that's a fun way of punishing someone for a minor crime. It's no, we're gonna fucking kill you and it's gonna hurt the whole time you're dying. Yeah, that's just the worst thing. Yeah, it's really terrible. Um. Anyways, I like I really really hope to see because we know there's gonna be some kind of online component to Red Dead Redemption Two. I I would be surprised if it wasn't rolled out in a similar fashion to GTA online where the single player drops. And then like two weeks or a month later, the multiplayer drops. Um, but I have no, and then it keeps iteratively growing. I right. Mean, exactly. Cause that, that's the thing about GTA five. It's the, you talk about your support new modes, oh, yeah. new things to do. I mean, that game has it's, evolved to the point that it's, it blows my mind. Honestly, like, I got to the chance to sit down with, uh, Imran Sarwar, who I believe that's how he pronounces his name. And I'm really fucking sorry if that's incorrect. Um, he, you know, he's the content director uh, yeah. for GTA Online. Yeah. And GTA Online is kind of my beat at IGN. Like, you remember the days we used yeah. to get updates every week. We still do. Um, and so, you know, I, I had to pull him aside. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, how do you people do it? Because it's one of those <laughs> What things. did he say? She's just like, well, we like it. It's fun. Yeah. Like, did they ever sleep? Probably not. Okay. I, I don't know. Um, but it's one of those things where, like, you look at all of the content drops that they've had and like not just like new cars here and there but like 
almost every two or three weeks, like a brand new mode, mm-hmm. like a new, a whole newly designed game mode, like yeah. um, the the Doomsday heists, the like the big proper like content drops with like new mission types, new multiplayer modes, yeah. and new vehicles, and like whole fucking new mechanics. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. I think the the part where it rolled over for me, I always thought it was amazing. But when they were just like, and by the way, you can create your own stuff oh yeah the one. content creator was fucking that great. was incredible and then the second one of those was like and now hot wheels cars in the sky everyone right and now it's just like you know what no fucking we're just gonna go completely like the shark is over the tank at this point like or the, and, and the bike I, is over the shark and tank. i was all about that i mean oh that's yeah it's it. like yeah it's, it's kind of nuts so with gtao what becomes possible in the future that's the thing like looking at what comes came out of gta online like even though they did admittedly have a rocky start yeah like and they're they're very self-aware about that like, uh, how, i doubt they, they, they could not be. they gave themselves a fair bit of shit for the for the initial launch of gta yeah. online um and i think that they've admitted that publicly so that's not too untoward of me to say um but yeah so like looking ahead to reddit online like I'm sure that the modern side of things in GTA will probably still keep getting supported, but also like, I'm really curious to see like, will we get a content creator for Red Dead Redemption 2 online? Like, what will that look like? Because how many sort of, how many things can you do in that world? Like, I got some ideas. Oh, but look, (laughs) I'm curious to see how it's going to go. But like, just from the technical limitations alone, like some of the most interesting game modes in GTA Online are due to Harrier jets and submarine cars. Like, you know, I would love to see something like an Undead Nightmare come down for it where it's like, you know, either zombies are fun or like take the fucking, like lean into the Westworld comparison, like have it be fucking pirates and Jesus, cowboys and robots. Yeah. Or fucking do the Harrison Ford thing, fucking cowboys and aliens. Oh, that works too. I would love that. (laughs) Because <laughs> um, we know aliens are a thing in the GTA universe. Exactly. So, so why can't they be? A why and, we, and they're the same universe. Yeah, exactly. You know that too. Yeah, because John, John Marston, Marston is a granddad. Yeah, you can choose him as one of your uh, ancestors. Even though I, I think that that's more of a fun nod in well, GTA. Well, so here's why I say that. Because San Andreas is supposed to be California. Mm-hmm. And in Red Dead 1 and in, I believe we've heard it in trailer 2 or something from that. But like in Red Dead 1, they reference trying to get out back to California. Mm-hmm. Like... And so I, I don't know whether those two are actually the same. I, I was one that. over when I went. Is it uh, is it Michael's library or Franklin's library where Red Dead Redemption by Marston is one of the books on the shelf? Oh, I didn't even notice yeah. that is direct. Yeah, wow. All right. Direct. Well, then I yeah. guess that's in the same universe then. Yeah, Never a, mind. I'm a fucking idiot. There's a Red Dead book by somebody called Marston on one of the shelves. Fucking yeah. love that. Perfect. Yeah, that's great. Uh, also, you, you got it scooped here, guys. I'm a dumbass. Nonsense. I think you know a little bit about this. It, so like. We're talking about expertise for a minute. Um, this guy really does know that universe better than I think almost anybody outside Aww. that company. Thanks, uh, buddy. You, you've it's worked... only because I've I've had to throw myself headfirst into it for the last like six months. Yeah, we used to work together on Ooh, boy. GTA, yeah, and uh, and now uh, you're here doing the Red Dead beat full time. Uh, yeah, I, I mean Red Dead GTA. Doing... I mean, I still work yeah. for work on a handful of other wikis and projects. Like I'm working on Fortnite and stuff right now. So, right, but um, this is going to be when, when this drops. I was I was saying this to some other guys uh, last week. Like this might be the first time, maybe ever, that we get the entire in-house wikis team working on a project together. Yeah, because um, I don't think you were Fallout Four. And that wasn't the full team. Yeah, I don't think that was the full team. Because we were on GTA Because Brendan, Brendan helped some with Fallout 4. But, yeah, well, um, that's the thing. Is like, it was like it was teams of two for the most part. Because yeah. it was you and Brendan, and then I was on something else. Yeah. Um, and then it GTA was, was you and I. GTA was you and me. Metal Gear 5 was you and me again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so anyways, like, 
that's the thing where well, it's I'm, such a vast project. I it think. really, really is. And the, I, I think you know, again, we we talk a lot about hype, but there's a big difference between what we want something to be and what it looks like something is going to be when we have yep. a reason to trust. And right and, now we have a reason to trust. And that's the thing is, you know, it's there's a lot of times when being a member of the gaming press. I see and rightly and think that folks are right to say like this is a game that's getting overhyped because there could be a lot of problems with it mm -hmm. and about probably half the time those problems end up being the case um, but the nice thing is with their track record like I have no none of those concerns about this based on what I've seen what I've heard and what they've already shown us in the last 15 years did you have fun like, meeting the people who make the games oh my god of course they're great yeah. they're yeah. great human beings and like that's it, it was really cool to be invited on a studio tour and to see all this stuff, but it was really, it, like, I've been on a few studio visits in my time in mm -hmm. the gaming industry, and this was far and away the most transparent, open, welcoming visit that I've ever had. And it blows my fucking mind because, you know, Rockstar yeah. is traditionally a very secretive studio. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's sort of the, the part of the reason that that happened like not only to to show us like really what they're working on like the tone of it the scope of it like the fact that there's a fucking team of dudes building like fist-sized rocks sculpting mm -hmm. them individually just so they can roll down a hill yeah um but to remind you that like those rocks are made by people that people actually make these games it's not just this giant factory printing money that is also putting out video games. There's like people working round the fucking clock. And the cool thing too is that like, you know, previously I think Rock Red Dead One was what Rockstar San Diego, mm -hmm. and then um, GTA Five I believe is a Rockstar North. Uh, what GTA Five? Yeah, I don't remember. Um, Pretty sure it's Rockstar North. Yeah. yeah, but so Red Dead Redemption Two is just Rockstar. Yeah, it's not, you know, Toronto. It's not North. It's not San Diego. It is the whole company working round the clock for eight fucking years, like around the, the global clock. So it's like when they get up in the UK, they've got emails from Australia. And then yeah. at the end of the day in New York, they have emails in LA. And it just kind of rolls. Right. And it's not like the, the global development cycle is something that is very clearly done by a lot of studios. But it's not an easy thing to manage. Especially no, but the, but the other thing too is like, you know, you look at it on a, on the scale of it, like Ubisoft is is one of the studios that I think use, utilizes the global development strategy really, really well. Yeah. But they're working on putting out five games every th two or three years. Yeah. Whereas this is, you know, probably a half dozen or more proper studio teams working on one product for almost a decade. Yeah. Like, that's insane. And exciting. And, the, like, that's... I, I don't say insane like crazy, no, it's but, like, a, that's a really, 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 really promising sign well, that we, I don't need to worry. Yeah, when you talk about when you talk about Rockstar and their secrecy, um, I think one of the reasons, the impression I've always gotten of them is that they're secretive because they don't want to show it to you till it's right. ready because no, that's proud a proud of what they're making. Exactly, and that's the thing where it's like, you know, they want to make sure that the, the experience that you get is the experience they want you to have. Yeah, that the, what know? they were trying to create. Right. Like, yeah. they're not going to show you the fucking broken horse thing because that's not what they want you to experience. They want you to experience what it's like to lose your horse, to feel that loss of both functionality and, you know, companionship. Yeah. Um, and to have that sit with you when you have to, when you have to then go and, you know, get another one and you have to train it. And you're like, fuck, I can't believe I let my horse die. God damn it. <laughs> I'm an idiot. 
nonsense. No idiosity here. All right, headed into the final segments. Uh, real quick, we're going to cover all the all the stuff you haven't seen yet. So oh, man. be right back. And we're back. There's been so much news this week. Like I said, we're actually going to cover more in another episode where John. Yeah, Ryan's I'm sorry be back. I talked for so long. No, we wanted you here. You've got the inside scoop. It's you... nice to actually like have a proper conversation instead of trying to figure out a way to fit it all into eight or nine hundred words. No, no, we're gonna we're gonna get it all out there, and we'll get more, even more in a part two if you if you all want to hear it and see it. Uh, we're definitely we don't want to have an episode that stretches into two hours here, so we are going to cut back a little bit on some. Good, far. I think that's probably a good idea. Yeah, let's not talk about a movie today, which is normally part of. the I mean, show. the good news is there. I'm I've seen shamefully few westerns. Like I just watched Bush Cassidy last week for the first time. I was going to ask you about that actually. Oh, but good. We're not um, going to do that right no, now. It, it was fine. I liked it. Robert Redford's a dreamboat. The he end. is a dreamboat. Paul Newman too, though. But like, ooh, the both of them. Hey now. Oh, hey now. Anyways, about that. we're not going to talk about our love for Bush and Sundance, though. <laughs> so, um, luck of the draw, uh, our random segment, four questions have nothing at all to do with Red Dead. Not in the least. Okay. Whatever suit you draw, that's going to be the question. These top are card or can I pick uh, any top, of them? Well, you can pick any card you want. Choose pick a card, card. any card. Just pick your suit. I'm going to pick this one. All right. What's the suit? Clubs. Clubs. Today's clubs. Which we we got clubs a lot. Clubs today. Josh Brandt's question. Josh Brown, what do you got for us? How do you view religious faith in the world today? Fuck. Sometimes they're zany. Whew. Sometimes they're serious. That is John a Ryan, big question. That Golly. question's for you. Yeah. Um, how do I view religious faith in the world today? Um, I think it is misused by many, mm-hmm. which is one of the great tragedies of our time. When you say misuse. I believe that there are many, not necessarily false prophets, but I'll say zealots uh, people who use the word of the word of the lord to their own ends mm-hmm. uh, and those ends are to either um you know fill their own pockets or actively make life worse for other people mm. um, and i feel like that is not the only place that religion has in the world these days but i feel like that is the one that is most concerning uh to me but i feel like re- you know religion's place is still very much to shepherd people into not being better, but being safe, feeling that mm. they're good, feeling that they know how to, you know, provide and exist with the people that they love and how to provide for them and how to offer that sort of safety to others. It's interesting um, you chose that word shepherd. Where did you draw that from? Because um, flocks and stuff. Yeah, flocks. I mean, the word pastor just just means shepherd. Oh well, I mean, you know, I, yeah. I came from a semi-religious household. Yeah, like, I, I I I do remember my church sermons, even though it's been many many years since I've gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's you know, I know you have a, a very very <laughs> intimate history with religion. Yeah, um, I, for those of you who don't know, I think a lot of folks watching the show do. But yeah, I'm an ordained minister. I I uh, pastored a church for or churches for for many years, and uh, still. Faith is still a very important part of my life. I don't talk about it publicly too much. Yeah. People ask about it sometimes. Um, it's not that I'm embarrassed of it. It's that I've learned that in the context of what I do and where I am, it's a more nuanced issue uh, than I might expect. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the thing is that it's difficult to talk about faith in 20 minutes, 15. Yeah. Like No, and that's not saying we should stop. No, it's no, like, no, that's all right. You know, I, I say that I, I view one of the problems of this of faith is that a lot of people use it for their own personal gain, mm-hmm. but there's also so much good that is done with it. Like, I mean, look at what folks do with their church parishes or their synagogue groups. Like mm-hmm. 
you know, you, you, the, ultimately, I, I feel that the place of, of religion is to help people be kinder and offer more love to their fellow humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a shame when that's not how it's used. It's a very common fundamental element of the theology of, of many, if not most, of the world's religions, which you just expressed. Um, it seems to often be lost in, in dogmatics um, or in pragmatism. Uh, I think it's much, the difference, uh, you know, this is the most, I don't want this to sound like a cop-out because it's the most Sunday school answer ever, that there is a difference between what defines a religion and what defines our faith. Um, And what I mean by that really is that religion, we might think of something as as being a moral or a system and faith as an ethic. An ethic is something you live out. Faith is something that is energizing and part of who you are. It is what you do as well as what you believe. Yeah. And whereupon a religion is the structure that that exists. Right. It's, it's the, you know, the, it's the lore and the rules that have been created yeah. around it. And for it's the it. background uh, lore of Dark Souls. I mean, uh. basically, yeah. Like, it's, I mean, that's, you know, I, I'm not much of a believer these days, but were that to be the case, I, I'm sure that a big old lightning bolt would zap me right in the back of the head. Um, yeah, that's a... Damn, Josh, that's a big question. It is, and it's a, um, but it's a worth one worth asking. I, absolutely, absolutely. Because I, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and grab my hands. It's an important part of my life. I, I have a very specific set of beliefs. I, I'm a fairly orthodox Christian. Um, I have come to believe and understand uh, a lot of those things in the context and the light of my life's experience that has taught me that not everything that I grew up hearing is necessarily the best manifestation of that belief. Yep. Um, I really do think that the first question we ask one another when we're trying to help God, serve God, love God, whatever we want to call it, represent, is, is this for the betterment of other people? Yep. Um, is this something that is serving me or is this something that is serving them? Yep. Um, and that's a very hard question to be honest with ourselves about. Very, very true. I mean, that's kind of the whole issue, not issue, but like that's one of the greatest challenges of this whole human experience on this weird blue rock floating around in space, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's, 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 exactly. I, I, I'm sorry. Please no, no. Me. I mean, that's all. That's exactly what I was going to just kind of go off on. There's this old story. Um, I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, that at the 100th anniversary of the Salvation Army, which has its own issues, um, but which has also helped a lot of people uh, when no one else would. Yep. Uh, that at that first 100th anniversary celebration that the Grand General of the Salvation Army was going to deliver their vision for the next century. They were 100 years old, and he was going to deliver a speech on their vision for the next 100 years. And there's this convention with thousands of people gathered together, and they were all ready to listen. And find, you know, after every, all the fanfare, et cetera, the guy walked up to the podium, and he walked up and stood in front of the mic, and everyone got quiet. And he delivered the vision for the next century. He said, others. And then he went and he sat down. And that was... I like that story. I like that story a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing where it's like, you know, I myself am not... You know, I, I can't call myself an atheist because I don't know 
I'm, I'm, I'm one of those folks where, you know, a lot of people shit on people who identify as agnostics uh, as being wishy-washy. And mm -hmm. my thing is that, you know, I, I haven't necessarily been proven the existence of a higher power. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know that there isn't one, but I don't, I don't want to live my life basing it on what that higher power, were it to exist, would judge me by. Because mm -hmm. where's the good in that if it means that I have to do what they think, which is potentially, depending on which higher power ends up being the right one, if it's, <laughs> um, I shouldn't say that, but like whatever that sort of driving force is, like I, I feel like we can never know what it truly wants for us. No, I mean, that's um, that word faith. Knowledge is harder right. than that. Right? Um, and, you know, so it's that notion where like for those who don't have faith, for those who don't practice religion, like that doesn't mean that you're this sort of person who can live without morals. It's like, you know, my, I, I like the concept of what I'll call optimistic nihilism. <laughs> where, well, no, I mean, so, no, I'm sorry. I laughed. It was just, it, a, no, no, it's fine. I, I, it's kind I, of ridiculous. I enjoy paradox, but it's this notion where, okay, let's hypothetically assume that there's nothing up there and there's nothing after we die. Maybe there is, I don't know, but, if there's not, this is all we have. And we're just kind of bags of meat spinning around on this giant rock in mm -hmm. the middle of a vast and indifferent solar system in this huge, crazy universe. So, sure, you could look at it like nothing matters. But instead of having it be like, nothing in life matters, and like, we should all just fuck off. Like, if nothing matters, then sort of everything matters. Mm -hmm. And you've got to you know, pick and choose what matters to you and, and the people who matter mean the most to you to do it with. Um, and, you know, your faith sort of becomes the feelings that you have towards people. Like, you know, I don't necessarily practice in a church every Sunday, but I have a D&D group on Saturdays that I go to. And like, you know, I... My church is my couch with my partner and our dog. Okay, first off, I'm just jealous you have... First off, that's a lovely sentiment. Second, you have a Saturday regular D and D group. Yeah, they're great. Oh, well, I'll get you into my next round. Is that Casey's group? Yeah. Oh my gosh, the, it's really fun. The true mother of dragons herself. <laughs> um, but no, I mean that's the that's the thing is you know you you make the most of what you have and you you. My dad always said, if you get up in the morning, you do your best, and you've never actually tried to hurt anybody or do wrong by somebody, then that's a life well lived. And I feel like that's very much a good expression of faith. And you know, he's, a, he's a man of faith through and through throughout his whole life. And um, yeah, I feel like that's sort of where it comes from. Josh, there's a short answers to a, uh, <laughs> to a pretty <laughs> yeah, thanks, huge John. question. Jesus. Yeah, that's a, but you know what? That's, uh, that's, what we, uh, that's what we ask for here with yeah, these Yeah, I so, like that. I yeah. like that sentiment a lot. Um, yeah. Ask big questions, folks, because okay. you need... You need to ask those, like, and not just to folks on the internet, but to yourself as well. I've got a couple of slightly less esoteric questions here. I mean, uh, I don't think anything really... esoteric was about that. I yeah. think in this day and age, with the world the way it yeah, is, we need sure. to be asking ourselves what kind of good faith point. To us. I take that back. Well said, John. But Pony Express letters of the week that you can send a mail at 
RedDeadRadio.com. That's mail. You have an Red... actual mailbag? Oh yeah, mail at RedDeadRadio.com. No, I wish that were. I, that, that's that's that mailbag belongs to someone else. The coffee bag from Ronnie. All right, what do we got here? To me, Western seems more like a tone than it does a specific setting. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite non-Western Western? Also, I really like El Dorado with John Wayne, which is just a Western ass Western. That's what he says there too. So, yeah. what's your favorite non-Western Western, my friend? Thought about that a little bit. God, well, my, yeah, my favorite, favorite non-Western Western. I mean, there's um, a lot of places. You know, we could go anywhere from old, No Country to Old Men to Star Wars. I mean, to, No you Country to Old Men is a straight up. Western. Yeah, it is. Really like it's a straight up. Just Western. a modern just Western. Is. I think you're right. Um, I mean, I feel like almost anything could be taken as a Western. Like depending on how you look at it, you know, it's that notion of is it? Suspiria is not a Western. Which now? Suspiria. I haven't seen that. I okay. That you, you should see Suspiria. Okay. I'll Dig, check it Dig, out. Digento. Yeah. Cool. It's, it's, uh... um, damn. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Well, for me, I, I'm going to hop in, and this is a fairly fairly basic answer, I think. But um, as as many options as there are, I, I, I'm going to land on Star Wars because it is so heavily Western inspired. We talked about that some before. But Star Wars is about a desert planet where there are gunslingers and and horse spaceships that serve as horses and there's chases and there's sure. rustling and there's weird animals and there's prejudice and there's oh, you know, okay. all the things you'd encounter in the definitely yeah it's 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 a it's a western down to the down to the way the attire set and that kind of grungy lived in thing it's it's largely a big space western Star Wars and Empire both are structured like absolutely. Westerns. Um, um, I showdowns. Think, I think that's touched on a couple of points for me. So I'm going to go ahead and say my literally my favorite movie ever, RoboCop. It's literally just a sheriff movie. I'm so happy you said that. Please expound because RoboCop is just about my favorite thing in the it's world. It's so good, right? Yeah, it's it like is. we can just say it here. Like RoboCop is like one of the best movies of all time. It the is. 87 version, not the bullshit 2014 version. Yeah, and he's not exaggerating. This isn't like some kind of irony that it is one of cinema's great films. Yeah, it really truly is. Yeah. I mean, it is one of those situations where it's like the classic Western format. Uh, like there's the tragedy in the beginning, like sort of like what you have in the backstory of Unforgiven, but you eventually learn. They just kind of get that out of the way at the yeah. front. But then it's literally just a dude riding into town on a steel horse who's going to clean up this here town, partner. Yeah. And he does. And he's he, he's he's the straight man. And, yep. he, and he does And it. he like learns about the corrupt governor and the corrupt mayor. And he goes up to the governor's mansion and he kicks him out of a tower and he falls down like a billion stories and kills the governor's giant evil robot. In this case, he's not actually the governor, but the CEO of a very big and very evil corporation. Exactly. But Omni Consumer Products. Oh, that is it. The OCP life. Ah, oh, there we go. Um, he even spins the gun. He, he does. He, he does, does because he of this fucking kid likes the guy who's a space western. He's that's a space right. sheriff. Yeah, space sheriff. Um, what those. the fuck is that guy's name? AJ. I don't remember right now. But yeah, Robocop. TJ okay. Laser. Thank you. Easily, very few, very few films accomplish actual satire. Yeah, and Ro- it, but oh my god, it's so good. Robocop so somehow good. manages to be the most. 80s action movie it, ever and the, the best satire it's, film I've ever it is seen. Legitimately, like <laughs> it is the f- it. It's not. I'm not gonna say uh, that would be an insult to say it is the face off of the 1980s, but. I say this with good reason yeah. because Face Off is the most 90s action movie of the 1990s. It's the most. Don't 90s fucking thing. at me. It is Nicolas Cage fighting John Travolta, directed by John Woo, complete with the fucking doves flying around in slow motion. Yeah. That is the fucking 90s to a T. Yeah, it is a very 90s movie. And RoboCop, similarly, like it is the most 80s action movie you could potentially like. The violence is. Ridiculous 
ridiculously gratuitous. Like, yeah. People literally put fistfuls of cocaine into their face. Yeah. Um, it's the weird, not quite cyberpunk, but really filthy, dirty future. Yeah. Sci-fi. It's just, it really is just so fucking perfect. And if you haven't seen it, please do yourself a favor. I, I, watch it. That's a great like, answer. shut this off right now. Like, come back to it later. Shut this off right now and go watch RoboCop. So we got Star Wars, Empire, and RoboCop. Hands down. I, not RoboCop 2 or 3, though. No, that's a whole other can of... That's yeah. not, oh, here's the deal. I kind of like RoboCop 2. I, that, we should start a RoboCop podcast. I, yeah, absolutely. We can have we three, just talk three about episodes. We're talking, wait, we get three and we have the cartoon. Oh, no, no, no. It is an ongoing series that that's goes it. for like two years. Two years of RoboCop. We just RoboCop. talk about RoboCop over and over. Yeah. It's like, yeah, hey, I watch RoboCop You know, again. we started a year-long like, like podcast where we talk about one video game. Yep, I suppose exactly. we can talk about RoboCop. Um, oh, and also Lethal Weapon. That's really... Oh, that is kind of a Western. It's a little Butch and Sundance. Yeah. It's a little Butch and Sundance. I like that. No, that's that's really, really good. Yeah, I'm trying to decide if Harakiri, which is one of my favorite movies, is a Western or not. It's so uniquely, like, so distinctively Japanese that I'm not sure. A lot of Japanese movies heavily influenced. Yojimbo and Magnificent, or uh, Seven Samurai, both oh, yeah. highly influenced the Westerns that yep. followed them. But yeah, I, Japanese cinema is not something I'm incredibly well-versed on or really well-versed versed on at all. I, I love to rant about this movie. Harakiri, one of my ten favorite movies, right. easily, is, this, this setup is so great, John. It's just after the Tokugawa shogunate has taken over. So there's way more warriors than there are jobs. Okay, great. Fun. So Super all these unemployed. Economic like, strife. Yeah, exactly. Unemployed killers everywhere. Because of that and because of the Bushido system that, that's part of life, um, there are all these ronin wonderful place to play starving. And this one ronin wanders into the house of a place where there are still employed samurai working for a, a lord. And he says, look, I'm penniless. I just want to kill myself honorably. May I use your courtyard? Fuck. That is heavy. Yeah, it's like, my life is not worth living. May I kill myself in your courtyard ritually? Oh, boy. That movie, there is a turn about halfway through that movie. It's already great. But there is a I did not see this coming a million miles away moment that happens. That reframes the whole. You're just like, I remember this one line gets spoken. And I just go, oh, no. All right. And the whole thing right. shifts, I'm and sold. it becomes the most awesome samurai movie ever. Tight. I'm super into so this. So good. All right, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have you uh, write that down before I leave. Here here. Yeah, it's part of the Criterion Collection. Perfect. Um, and then from Dalton, uh, why do you think there's a lack of AAA westerns other than Red Dead? Do you think Rockstar scared them all off? Kinda. <laughs> I mean, actually, I'm surprised there haven't been more. Well, so here's the thing: is like. I heard tale that like there was potentially going to be a gun too. Yeah, at some point. I can't but believe then it didn't Red get Dead a... Redemption came out. Yeah, I I could still see a gun two happening. Just maybe like in two thousand fourteen. I, I know this is blasphemy. I really liked gun. No, no, you were in the house of gun. Gun keeps coming up randomly, As well unplanned on should. every that game episode. Is fun. Okay, and. The... Uh, but yeah, I am surprised nobody else is. is do they just want to not avoid the comparison? Maybe I but? mean I think the the thing to, the real issue is like you you need to be able to do that genre incredibly well. That is an incredibly it's not easy to make a great movie, but a, a great Western movie is a lot easier than a great Western video game mm. because like. I mean, look at the first Red Dead. Like, the world that they had to build, the story they had to tell, the characters they had to create, the systems they had to design, everything. You don't really run into games that have all of those things a whole lot. Yeah. Like, 
it's tough because like you know you you'll look at games that do so much really 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 well you know i mean the thing is like unless you have the studio unless you're a studio like rockstar that has the pedigree that it has where yeah. it says you know what no fuck you we can take eight years to make one video <laughs> game. you have to bring something relatively new to the table mm-hmm. you know and Aside from building the, a new way that you interact with open worlds from the ground up, yeah, there's only so much you can do with that medium, with that setting, with that story. I th- well, you mentioned AAA westerns. I, I, I mean, there I played a good new western game this year. It wasn't AAA. What did you play? Uh, I played uh, Wild Guns Reloaded, which is a Natsume game that's a uh, a very well done remake of an old. Super NES style arcade game. Cool, I'm into that. Yeah, it's lovely. It's a neat four player simultaneous kind of gallery shooter with like cabal rolling controls, yeah. and you play a you play as a wiener dog and a flying saucer. I mean, it's great. I'm super into this. Yeah, game. it's a fun Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Yeah, yes, it's a please cool and game. thank you. But again, not not AAA. But that's, that's the fair. thing where it's like you know AAA games. You you look at you know open world modern day shooters. Every game that's been open world modern and, and a, like a third person action game has had some kind of hook. You know, Watch Dogs had the CTOS system. Right. Uh, Saints Row was the like just fucking sheer wackiness of it. Yeah, all. exactly. Um, you know, you look at uh, even period pieces like Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Where it's just like this huge fucking big ass detailed world. I almost feel like Assassin's Creed would be like the best hope for a Western. Oh, I, I would love to series. see that. I would love to see Ubisoft take on a fucking Western. Because that would Assassin's have a very Creed. different vibe from yeah. a Red Dead game. If you were an assassin, you yeah. could totally create that kind of structured exactly. experience. Exactly, and the thing too where it's like, you know, you could still focus on, like, because they still had big cities and stuff there. Like, yeah. If you had basically what they did for Assassin's Creed 3, where it's you've got the surrounding wilderness around a town, say, you know, like if it was like the Washington, D.C. area or whatever, or Chicago. Yeah. Um, whatever the biggest metropolis is that you could get as far out west as you could well, that'd go. Well, that would be San Francisco almost certainly. Really? Uh, in, in the Old West? Yeah, San Francisco well, was so like the big city. Yeah, in the 1870s, San Francisco was the biggest city in the West. Okay, great. Well, I'd love to see that. And yeah. it'd be super easy for them because they're literally right over there. Yeah. So I'd play it. Yeah, oh, 100%. Ubisoft. Yeah. Go Make for this it. game. Let's please. play it. Assassin's Creed Cowboy. I would love that. Oh my god, it'd be amazing! It'd be, and it'd be fun to switch to gunplay finally in Assassin's right? Creed. Right, like Assassin's yeah. Creed Gunslinger. Like, no. please and thank Good you. Good name. Ooh, yeah. In the meantime, you can always just go play the Saboteur if you want to play Assassin's Creed with guns. Oh, man, I was so sad that the Ubisoft pirate game got got delayed. Skull and Bones. Yeah, I am, but I'm also not. Yeah. Because I well, first I never get mad about delays because no, it's always an excuse for games to be made better. Me too. Um. I'm still keeping my fingers crossed that we'll be able to get off our boats. Yeah. Um, Go be because, a pirate. Well, because that's the thing where it's just like, I know I say that's the thing a lot, but like, here's the fucking thing. The reason that I love Black Flag so much is because you can go from ship to ship. Yeah. Like the fun of Black Flag is to fucking swing on a rope, land yeah. on the other guy's yeah. deck, fucking fight a bunch, swashbuckle your I, way to the captain's I chair. wanted Pirate's Creed so bad. That was the gamut. Just, just yeah. throw the assassin stuff out and just give me... Literally give me Devils of the Caribbean, the fucking game that you were making in Assassin's Creed 4. Yeah. Like just, just give me that game. I'll play it to the end of time. Pirates are the best. Um, but like the fact that in Skull and Bones, you're only able to get to just be a ship... Like, I think it's interesting. Like, the multiplayer yeah. was f- fucking great. I played it at E3 last year. It was mm-hmm. super interesting. Like, it, that was the multiplayer mode that Black Flag should have had. Yeah. Um, it, a class-based ship team combat game. A lot of fun. Um, but I worry that, you know, Ubisoft has done really, really, really well about making 
about kind of like cornering the market on like social action games and yeah, social really RPGs. Like the, um, the Division, even though a lot of people had some problems with it the first year or so, like mm-hmm. that did, it's great for teams. If it you, was just bad the first year or so. <laughs> I know, it's a good game now. So is GTA the, Online. Like, first, no, well, no, the first few months. No. But you know what I mean. Like there's, there's that they, period They turned where, that around real quick. They did, but like you know what I mean. There's that period where it's yeah. pretty rough. It's not necessarily great, but then yeah. it gets better. Like, oh, yeah. the division's a great game now. Like, I, I can't take. Yeah, the, the 1.8 update, I think it was, like, kind of reformed how you kind of play that it's game. Effectively, it was. Same, it was basically now. the Taken King, but for the division. Yeah. Um, but Final Fantasy Realm Reborn, the division. <laughs> oh, boo! Get, get oh, 14's fine. No. Oh wait, that's the online one, right? Yeah, that's, that's and that's the, ver- the where they okay. took a terrible MMO yeah. and made yep. it a great MMO yeah, by remaking right, it. Yeah. There's a lot of that. I think it's a good answer there. But yeah, I think a lot of it is that it's real hard to get money approved for a AAA game. And you can make one argument on one side. Hey, Westerns are big right now. Yeah. And the other argument on the other side. How in the world are we going to convince people? But and that's the thing was, like, you know, is... when Red Dead 1 came out, like they, they had seen, you know, Red Dead Revolver was a thing. It yep. Red Dead Revolver, great. Gun, Call of Juarez, those had all come yeah. out. No, but none of them were the super well received critically. Mm-hmm. Um, they sold okay at best, I think. Well, Red Dead Redemption. But, that, but before Red Dead Redemption, I mean, so that's well. the thing. Right, yeah. Is, it is just... that they said, you know what, we've got, the, we've got the capital to take this risk, and I think we can do it really, really well. Mm-hmm. And they did. Yeah, they nailed it. And now everyone else is just kind of like, well, if we can't do it better than that, and Maybe. now they see this coming down the pipe, and they say, well, if we can't do it better than this. <laughs> um, so I think, I think it's wise. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense that we aren't seeing a whole lot of them, but I would not complain if we did. Final, final part of the show oh, every boy. week. This is the Red Dead Redemption poker tournament, my friend. Oh, hell yeah. All right, so this is uh, random as can be. Okay. Simple rules, because we don't have betting, so it's seriously completely random. Okay. I'm just going to get a five-card draw hand. Tell me how many you want to throw away and get back. And we're going to see if you can beat our current poker champion's hand, Greg okay. Miller. All right. Our current Red Dead Radio poker champion mm-hmm. with a pair of nines. Pair of nines is your best hand so That's far. Our best hand. How so many far. episodes has this been? Well, this is uh, this three, like four, four or five. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. okay. That's not that bad. Right. So All right. you're just dealing you five here. Mm-hmm. You show the audience if you want. No, no, no. I want to see. Take I want them to see the end result. You see the end result. All right. It's not real poker. Oh, you got something interesting. Got a got a decision to make. I do. I really do. God oh, damn it. Oh, there we go. By you know what? I, if I can go big or go home, I want one card. You are the first contestant that we've had that actually knows how to play poker. Okay, I want one card. One card. Oh, fucking please. Going big or going home? Please, 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 please. All right, please. did you get it? Yeah, did you get shit. it? No, I didn't. No? No? No, I needed a seven. Oh, what'd you get? Would you go for a straight? I did, yes. Inside or outside? I don't know what that means. Uh, inside straight is where you're trying to get... Uh, trying to get the one number in between some cards you yes, have outside straight. Yeah, I was, I was looking for the inside. Never drawn an inside straight in five. But I told draw. you, go big or go home. No, no never no. drawn well, an inside there, straight. That's no, what I ended no. up with. I bet on pulling okay. that lucky seven. So I what do we got here? Seven, we got, so you got three a, clubs, four spades, five, six, and eight. Oh man, look at that! So look close. Look at that! So close. I thought the the gods would be in my favor. So what did you instead, draw? What was your final card? I had a pair of eights on top of that. Yeah, so I traded an eight for the three. The three clubs. Oh my gosh, that's, that's it's rough. fine. It's fine. I'll that's, be back. I'll be back. Rough. I'll get my straight next time. It's okay. 
Congratulations, Greg. Greg Miller remains. Glad you're still the poker champion with a fucking pair of nines. That's right. Well done, Greg Miller. Congratulations, buddy. Once again, friends, thank you so much for watching and listening to this extra long episode. We'll be back again next week. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, we're here every Friday. Don't be sorry. We wanted that news. I asked for it. You gave it. There's even more to come forward. We'll have you back, John Ryan, to talk about some more. E3 is rushing toward us. Who knows what might be there? Yeah. Yeah. Is there going to be E3 stuff? I'm so excited to find out. Oh, anyway, we'll get to that. We'll talk about that probably. Am I going to need to take you to a hospital? Uh, maybe you might have to. Okay. I'm pretty excited about All right, that's fine. I'll just get 911 up already. Get it already. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, you can reach out to this show and speak to us at mail at reddeadradio.com. You can send me uh, tweets at petty comma Jared. That's petty comma Jared. We also ask that if you're listening on Android or on iTunes, if you give us a nice review and uh, uh, and uh, give us a sub, that really, really helps. And thank you so very much for watching. John Ryan, the ladies and gentlemen out there who are watching the show want to know more about you, where they can find you, and the things you create each and every day. Where can they do that? Oh, boy. Um, well, uh, easiest way to get at me is you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at US of JR. Um, and you can find me right here. On, uh, not right here, uh, but right here in this uh, room uh, at IGN. Uh, I'm in their wikis department. I write a lot of our strategy guides. So if you ever need help with the game, please uh, tweet at me. And I will probably not know how to save you because there's a lot of games out there that I haven't played. US of JR. Love the hat. Love the stuff. Thank you. Pretty groovy. Someday I'm going to find one that fits me again. It does it's not. It's small for me, so I can only assume. It would be big. My 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 head is is just a giant swollen. We talked about this. Yeah, big old heads, big yeah. old heads. Friends, thank you so much for watching. See you next time, Cisco man. Thank you so much.